0: Welcome to this week's Spin Foil Theory. We're about to take a dive into the lore of Destiny the Game. Specifically, we'll be giving high level scrutiny to popular, emerging, and outlying theories than judging With that out of the way, let's put on our Spin Foil hats and get a little crazy. Here comes this week's show. Alright, cool. Ugh. And what I'll do is I'll just roll into the next one. So. Welcome to the Spinful Theory Podcast, everyone. This is your host, Taylor B., and Lady Lucita. How are you doing this week, Lucy?
1: Doing pretty good. I guess it's the same week. Doing pretty good. I know, it's technically (laughs) the same week, but pretty good, pretty good. I'm very excited for uh, Witch Queen comes out next week. Um, Because this is recorded uh, a week in the past, I still have not received my collector's edition. Hopefully, in the real world, I will have received my collector's edition.
0: I'll, I'll put an update in the show notes oh, yes. that you for can an update see if, to, if, she, if she's got it by, by, like, by yes. release.
1: <laughs> by this release, if I do not have my Witch Queens collector's edition, I will have some choice words for <laughs> FedEx, you, United States Postal Service. I don't know who, <laughs> how. However, the package is getting to me. I'm gonna have some choice words for them because I just want <laughs> I just want my hive goes. You guys know me. I love the hive. I I even have a little spot for it and everything on my shelf. But it's gonna look so good. But it doesn't exist yet. Not in my. So house. it comes.
0: You can you can set it up on the psychometer or like on its own little stand.
1: Yes, I know that. So I'm I'm just trying to figure out like how do I put it on? Cause I have a space for it. And yeah. looking at how big it is, I think I'm gonna need more space for it. Or I can put the hive ghost. Gonna need a bigger shelf. No, I'm not gonna need a bigger shelf. I'm <laughs> gonna need um. I don't know. I'm gonna need something. Like I said, it'll be a lot easier <laughs> once I actually have it in my hands. I can be like, oh, it c- it can fit here, or oh, it can fit here. I can or dig something. it. Something. Yeah.
0: I can dig it. Um. Yeah. No. It's uh. When you get it. When you get it. And I think. I can guess as to why, but it is surprisingly light.
1: Wow, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, like it's if if you have one of the other uh, like official release, like ghosts, um, like the molds. I guess not. I don't know about the uh, the old uh, Dinklebot Frontier shell, but it like those are like solid. uh, I guess vinyl. So like those are like kind of like have some heft to them. Like these these are yeah much much lighter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, not, as, not as much heft. That's probably better for especially if you're like trying to put it in the, the, the psychometer and you know move it around stuff like that. So.
1: Yeah. Speaking of the Witch uh, Queen's Collector's Edition. Ooh, yeah. We are continuing our discussion of the uh, Collector's Edition uh, Hidden Dossier. This is part two. Part one was the mm-hmm. uh, previous episode. So if you haven't listened to that yet, go listen to that first and then come back
0: it'll make more sense.
1: It'll make more sense. Yeah, cuz we're we're kind of going through section by section giving our thoughts on it and everything else. mm mm-hmm,
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. And uh so and and, and as, as always guys, if uh you have any like questions or anything like that, we don't always go super in depth and cover everything in the show, but we're we're happy to like help out guide and uh and maybe flesh things out if uh if you're ever curious or you ever have a uh, any any uh just sort of, uh, what's the word there? Some head scratchers you're trying to you're trying to get through and figure out. So, always here for you. Heck yeah! All right. All
1: right. So,
0: yeah. where were we? We, we were talking were... about. You were talking yeah. about stasis.
1: Yes, yeah, so there was stasis. There was um. The, uh,
0: the... we I think we had just. Yeah, we just
1: the, covered uh, Anor's mm-hmm. message, or, re- quote, request for clarify clarified slash updated stance on Stasis users. We talked about that I a little bit. I say air
0: quotes request.
1: Air quotes request, because quotes. Anor is like, it should be like this. And then she Ikora was responding to Anor, and she was all like, hey, maybe one of the choices is to do what the Traveler can't, and that's finding a balance between light and dark. And then, I like it. Um, Honora uh, An- kept pushing Ikora to like, hey, you haven't used stasis, right? Right? We could make a meme out of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's,
0: it's like our Lisbon one all over again.
1: <laughs> it is, it really is. <laughs> I call, it's a and she's like, You haven't used stasis, right? Right? And I call is like, No, of course not. I would never use stasis. I need to be flawless as a leader. I need to be twice as good twice as often. I can't afford an in an, and is and an, I can't afford an in. I cannot pronounce this word. Google, tell me how to pronounce this word. I am stupid. In oh, oh, indiscretion. Sorry. I can't afford an (laughs) indiscretion like stasis. So you can cut that part out and just have... (laughs) I say it correctly this time. Hugh, Hugh, Hugh. Anyways. The next part I think was really funny. The next part is Ikora... I think she's just talking to herself... or she's... Like... Like, uh, previously stated, um... Ikora is working on... was working on a... Sort of, like how the unveiling is like a voice for the darkness. He was trying to write some sort of thesis about the light, and the titles just get more and more ridiculous because she's just frustrated. It's really funny. So the first one is an exegesis of light by a Corray, and then it's how to understand the light by a. They're all by a Corray. So, um, why the light is not boring. (laughs) What illuminates us? Is it natural for guardians to prefer the new and rare? But let's be cautious about it. Everyone wanted a Galahorn, but look what happened when you all got one. <laughs> or why mass tendencies in guardians' behavior can, in retrospect, be dis- descri- uh, destructive. That part, that one made me laugh. Um,
0: I really like that. I one.
1: am not your mom, but sometimes mothers have good advice. <laughs>
2: Tower mom. <laughs> Such a tower mom.
1: This one's funny. There's a reason we switched from edge walker to blade dancer. Eyeballs Ooh. widen. What the hell is an edge walker? I want one. Um, familiar, familiar Familiarity shouldn't breed contempt. Puppies wheat bread and doing what's right. Transgressive thrills and contempt for the wholesome. I feel like I would love that book. Why the need to commit violence in defense of life predisposes us to moral compromise by I can't find a good title. <laughs> like, it's, it, gets, it gets more and ridiculous. Like, when, when the truth is not in the middle, why the everyday need for compromise tricks us into the grand moral... And then it's literally a bunch of gibberish because I felt like she just bashed her head on a keyboard or something. Because it's just gibberish at this point. Guardians won't read this unless it drops an engram. Anyway, um, they'll just say Icora should have died instead of Cade. Cade would have been down with Stasis and throw it out. I hate philosophy and want to go back to the Crucible. <laughs> delete all of those things I I wrote. No, this isn't a title of, Ephesius, Just delete them all. <laughs> By Ikora. right? So like, I feel like she's literally just talking to herself <laughs> as she's like working through all of these titles, and she's just like. Guardians won't read this anyway. They'll just blah, 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 blah. I hate, I just want to go back to the Crucible, man. That was simple. And then she looks and she sees her ghost like basically transcribing all of this as titles. And she's like, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> don't,
0: don't record that.
1: Like, they, don't no, stop that. it, stop Don't record that. <laughs> and then there's, again, more uh, playful banter between Zavala and Ikora in between consensus, so government meetings. About them playing mm-hmm. like I guess space checkers or chess or something. And it's Yeah. It's 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 great. And then the next part is about the Glycon incident. Which is very spooky. Oh yeah? Yes.
0: Uh yeah, actually um
1: talks what, about the Nazic the Nazaneo Island, and how there was a...
0: Uh... Ooh, yeah, yeah, let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, all right, you can, you can talk about that, because I've talked a lot anyways. You lead the, what? You, No, 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 no. I feel, I'm feel i just like, blah, 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 I talk just so much. Dude, do... But it's do just, it. it's interesting what they, one of the things they bring up is, why is it that so many places touched by darkness carry a sense of memory? The nightmares we fought on the moon those these haunted growths on the glycon the taken who are products of literally taking of the will even the unveiling lore delivered in in a, a clear casual first person the common identity of the common element of identity memory and consciousness while the light is impersonal and silent it is everywhere and in all things but invisibly so and silently so why should memory and identity belong to the darkness? Um, parage claimed that it was important to understand why Guardians return without an, without an identity. Do we understand why? If memory and identity belong to the darkness, does the darkness itself have an ident- identity, a personality, a voice? Is this the same as the darkness itself?
0: It's... It's really interesting about like the uh, the memory and the sort of like echo of what happened, uh, especially on the Glycon. You know, because as you as you go through that mission, that dungeon, you have this. Uh, you you both like kind of hear whispers yeah. in the voices of of people you know, kind of like you do. In um, uh, when you when you go to a uh, raid, uh, Riven actually. You know, like that that opening when when uh, she talks in like a bunch of different people's voices.
1: Yeah, definitely. That definitely is very. I mean, now with that at that point, Riven is taken. So spooky stuff.
0: Yeah. So even even more uh like darkness themed paracausal. Oh man. I want. Uh, I really want to. I really want to talk about that too because the with what we know now about the uh, sort of like crystalline nature of stasis, the way the way it it's a byproduct of removing all the energy out of like a a point of space time. I guess is a good oversimplification. Let us. Yes. We'll bring lettuce in here too. correct. <laughs> but uh cuz he he is that kind of scientist. Um but, but I uh it's just really interesting to me that it can go so far as to hold intangible stuff from those mm-hmm. moments, like feelings, reactions, memories, and evoke them cuz like when you're when you're going through the things that you hear in the in the voices for the most part are like things that you heard before just being used like differently in, in sort of like a weird soundboard sequence to kind of in my opinion like manipulate your emotions
1: yeah definitely
0: and so yeah Sorry, if I sound a little farther away from the mic right now, everyone, my cat ropes Pierre was begging for attention and I finally couldn't.
1: Your say cat no was anymore. like pet me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, he needed he needed full on full on lap time. So yeah, Now he now he's up here getting hair on everything. So being a being a happy guy. Um But yeah, I I agree it's it's a little it's a little spooky because that makes and i'm sure i'm sure you know this this is a very like common take on this stuff but it makes going through and looking at what's happening to katabasis and and uh, gilgamesh
2: mm-hmm.
0: how they're Losing their grip on reality the longer they're there. When you consider, like, what must have they been hearing? Like, how do they, how, like, how do you deal with voices in your head for that long?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. And actually, that goes back to this has been, this has been a really. A really good uh, series of series that that we've been doing, Lucy, because that that takes it back to kind of what happened to Lisbon and the Kentarks the Kentark
1: 3 mm-hmm. yep, it's all coming together
0: <laughs> I love it when a plan comes together so, <laughs> um and yeah big big credit to you more than me on that one but uh yeah i think I think we we're definitely reaching. A focal point where whatever sort of deal we actually have with the darkness, I don't know if it's going to happen in Witch Queen, but I think that's going to come to a head.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think whatever we have at the outcome of that, I don't think it's going to be exactly like the user experience might be the same. I don't think, you know, Bungie's going to reinvent the class at this point, but uh, the, the subclasses. But uh, I, I think the however, however, beyond. Like beyond the final shape, however, we're channeling these things, uh, going like past that point. I think is going to be fundamentally different. I can't wait to find out. But I think I think we're we're getting some implications of how like darkness, darkness is like uh, you know, it's so interesting. It's a virus because if if you think they they use the word virus and and they they make the comparison earlier in the book to a. Uh, like a, a like a physical like a like a like a bacterial or not a bacterial it's a virus but um sort of like a real world uh biological virus that's the word I was looking for but the way it gets into your system the the way the way it infects i think the most people is you know one by it you know if if it if it overtakes a space and can cut off your sort of connection to the lightest. In, in the case of Guardians, I, I can stick to that because that's kind of how we experience in game. But the way it also corrupts through stasis and, and gift of powers and, and proximity to those to those powers, it's almost like a, uh, a an electronic, a computer virus, getting snuck in with a with an untrustworthy uh, executable. You double click the uh, the stasis exe, and then all of a sudden you got these darkness pop ups everywhere.
1: Oh no, the darkness <laughs> pop-ups, they're <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. How did
0: I get these pop-ups? I never I'm not even on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um you heard it here first. The darkness drives people crazy with their invasive ad campaign. Yeah,
1: <laughs> definitely, possibly. But yeah, but then it goes um uh it goes more in-depth to, exp- to explain a incident on Nazic- N- Nazino Island where um, Ikora visited um, this island. She was searching for something. Um, and she ended up Finding some, I would say like, I would say some pretty evil things, but she couldn't figure out if it was like, human evil, like, you know, like, like human violence upon other humans, or if it was like, you know, something darker, which is scary. I think it's scary. But something that she mentioned... Is, um, well, she also talked about the, um, the Glycon, the lore books that we found aboard the Glycon, and how this all kind of relates to, like, the darkness having some sort of, there is a voice to the darkness. And something that she said that was really, really interesting, um, so this is one of her bullet points. The documents found aboard the Glycon Volatus attached to Kallus' belief in a present on the far side of his contact, contact ritual, an observer. Is there a wielder of darkness as we are wielders of the light? One or many? When Oryx called the darkness down into an ogre to speak with him, was this the voice that answered? Mara says there is a distinction between darkness and its chief exponent a single, and this is the second bullet point where she kind of continues, mm-hmm. a single dominant wielder would suit the ideology of the darkness as expressed in the Books of Sorrow and the unveiling, unveiling Lore, one leader who has either extinguished or subjugated all others, winnowed them down to only the most necessary and effective Effective form. We are many guardians, a complex a plurality of blight against one dark agency. I think that makes a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. So, there's lots and lots and lots of Guardians. Because, you know, Guardians, are, the whole light is about being complex, while the Darkness is all about the one final shape. Ergo, there are, it makes sense to me that there's a single dominant user of the Darkness. And lots and lots and lots and lots of people who use the Light to show complexity versus non-complexity.
0: You know, I I think there's another theme it, 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 that works with this. I think there's another theme that's kind of coming up. I'm noticing, uh, you know, as, as we kind of go over this again together. There's a different level of connection Uh, between the darkness and uh, the people who wield it, and maybe maybe even in but uh, like interpersonally between people who wield the darkness, though like jury's still kind of out on that that part. Uh, but hear me out. In the same way that dejected ghosts can feel sympathy and identify mm-hmm. with the krill uh, in the hive uh, from the books of sorrows the darkness it it gets into your head through you know like manipulation and i think a lot of these cases but it's through understanding the things that make you suffer your regrets it has yeah yeah it it it, it has this this bond through pain that the light doesn't have
1: yeah
0: and a Definitely. lot of people, you know, a lot of people who've who've been through trauma, especially been through trauma, and were lucky enough to have someone to go through it with, will tell you that there's a bond that's formed that's like unlike any other bond.
2: Mm-hmm. To,
0: to, to oversimplify, um, and I think that's, I think that's a big part of what the darkness exploits, and I, th- I think that's a running theme in in this book to, to try and to try and pull that out because I think I think what we'll find is. Especially by the end of Witch Queen, and this is more of like an educated guess than a theory. So forgive me, Lucy. I know this is supposed to be the 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 intro, but I think, yeah, I think that's why you end up getting domineered by someone. It, it it's the same. It's the same reason why you know a lot of people theorize how like uh, cults of personality get formed and things like that. It's it's uh, it's it's not that the people who got swept up in it are dumb. It's not that they're, they're targets. It's that they get brought into this thing when they're at a real low point. More often than not. And then like people who felt like they had nothing suddenly have like people they, you know, are told like their their family type type level of connection. And and, you know, people go to bat for that. So, like, never, never mistake that they're victims. I, I, I think that's how you get caught up, you know, in a similar way with the darkness. It's, it's like getting caught up in a cult. Um, or the same kind of cult. And the whole, the whole reason we're gonna find, I think, that Ikora was not only maybe unknowingly, maybe knowingly, set herself up for success to be here in charge leader of the vanguard and the formidable group of guardians that they that they can get to, to go after it the darkness can't tempt her she like she has regrets as, as we see in this book especially in, in the margins where where she talks to the reader but she can't be brought in like everything everything she is now is like logic it's calculating, it's 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 reasoned out, and it's not to say like she's completely immune to everything, but like, you know, she's not going to be someone that the darkness is going to be prepared for in recalling past mistakes or like worries about the future like it did with Lisbon.
1: Yeah, definitely. I definitely think everything's coming together and I'm very excited.
0: Yeah. It's gonna be cool. Very cool. Oh, man. Wait, so, uh... Sorry, I didn't mean to derail us. <laughs> um...
1: No, 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 that's totally fine. That's totally fine. Like, Ora then talks about, like, you know, suffering is a common theme of the darkness, because, you know, we have... Catabasis and Gilgamesh. We have, um, the Dredgens, and they, they say VIP 3015. Now, that's someone we haven't heard of before. My guess is it's our buddy, and by buddy, I mean not buddy. Um, it's our not buddy buddy, um, uh, Named Krell, the ghost hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know who he is, that's fine. He's very rarely mentioned. He, um,
0: wait, Krell isn't the ghost hunter.
1: Krell, I'm saying oh. Krell, not not Crow. Krell.
0: Okay, he gave me a heart attack there for a second.
1: No, his name is Krell, not Crow. Krell, <laughs> and basically, he, um, his ghost found him on the far edges of Mercury. Um he seemed, his ghost thought Krell was resilient and old and unwavering and super smart um and his he he i his ghost even says I kind of had a moment of weakness because you know I'd been searching for so long that I didn't hesitate to res, but if I had just hesitated and spent a second to quote um I might have sensed how tired and burdened and tangled his soul truly was and I would have left him in peace. But... Hmm. He ends up... uh, Basically... uh, um, He basically thought... Krell thought if... um, if, if the ghost's sole purpose was to raise the dead, to kill in the name of an unexplainable forces, uh, Krell could no longer let that happen. He would end the cycle. He would spare his brother and sisters in arms. He would let the dead rest. Years later, the ghost uh, saw Krell again, clad in wretched-looking armor, dragging a chain of dead ghosts in the name of peace. If you are a ghost who have not yet found your chosen, let this be a warning. Krell, the ghost hunter, will end your search for you. If you are awoken and perchance have the answer he seeks, please do not keep your secrets from him. Your life depends on it. So. Hmm. Basically, that's who I'm thinking the identity of... um, 30, uh, VIP 3015 is. Because we know it's not Dredgen Yor. And, um... Because they specifically say personal encounters with VIP 3015. So, it's obviously a bad person. I mean, it could be, maybe it's Dredgen Yor, but they talk about the Dredgens before that. So it seems kind of... If... Instead of saying VIP 3015, why don't they just say dredging your and the drudgeons seems so yeah Mm -hmm.
0: um yeah it it the level of secrecy for that is it's both interesting and at times confusing it's like it's you know it's like this is already an encrypted file but like i guess like you know code words are for a reason too In this type of thing, Um, like like like, I agree. Um, Especially when they can, in some places, like refer to one another. Like, okay, but you didn't edit it out, but then you're still saying like VIP said such and such.
1: Yeah, definitely. But what I think Ichor talks that's really interesting is quote We've all heard of guardians who wanted to refuse further resurrection." But this level of despair on the ghost's part is unique, talking about uh, Gilgamesh and Catabasis.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if prolonged c- contact with agencies of the darkness has this effect on all ghosts, can we affect a massive failure of, of ghost morale? A general term towards pessimism and an- oh, anti uh, natalism is a philosophical position that opposes birth, basically. Mm-hmm. It's basically like, why am I being born? Basically, I didn't ask to be born. I didn't ask for this. Why am I here? Mm-hmm. Basically, that's what that is. Um, and then basically, Cora like finishes out talking about how we need to uh, find a way to show our ghosts and guardians that, um, to not turn their back on the light, to still be good people. The next is probably one of my favorite parts in the entire thing. <laughs> it's Shax sending Ikora a message. And it's probably my favorite part of this entire lore book. Because finally, finally, we get confirmation that in the mark of the great hunt, Shax and Mara did not have a one night stand.
0: It certainly seems that way now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, the uh, it's much more apparent obvious I mean like I didn't think they did at all even when the lore came out for the um, for the mark of the great hunt I always thought people were being stupid I mean like it could be read that way but I don't know I think I read it the way that it's now canon I guess that you know they just sat and talked like mara isn't exactly a super sexual person it seems it would it just seems out of character for her to call up shacks for a one night stand i don't know just for me personally that just seems kind of out of character i mean yeah she is power hungry but not like that kind of power hungry you know
0: yeah i definitely i definitely see that you know and i think um at the time, at the time it came out, there was, you know, there. it was suggestive language. And I think um, even if it was specifically just to be like a red herring, it was, you know, it
1: was kind of, I think
0: it was kind of meant to put a thought in your head, but.
1: Uh, I disagree, but okay.
0: Well, I mean, I guess, I guess other than like, they're trying to make you wonder how he drank his coffee, noting that the helmet stayed on based on the initial conversation, just like it yeah. didn't, it didn't really click in any in any like that that was one of the more plausible ways uh with the explanation we get here i think i think it's i i agree with you because now there's context to that but like otherwise like yeah i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not going to uh hurt everyone's imaginations with me going into like the different things i think it like, could possibly be <laughs> but Yeah, like, I feel like there's only so many ways you can, you you could take that without the further context.
1: Yeah. But, um, basically, uh, what's really funny is, um, they explain there is, so as we've seen in Destiny 1, Shaxx was much more, I would say he was a little bit more reserved, he wasn't as insane, I wouldn't say insane, but like, as enthusiastic as he is nowadays. And it was really funny where um, he literally went to behavioral therapy, and that's why he's now super enthusiastic about everything. And I just think that's great. I really love it, too. It was great.
0: One of Um, my... One of my favorite things about that whole part is he actually goes through, and you realize that Shax is a much more
1: considerate and
0: insightful, yeah, nuance is a great word, uh, person than I think his sort of persona would maybe seem like at first glance. And I just, I really, I really love that because it's true. Like back in D one, he was also a little like sassier when you lost.
1: He was all like, "You suck. You can do better, Guardian." (laughs) Yeah, but like it's really interesting. He's like, "He said um, the answer." uh, Talking about how you know, um, Crucible has changed, and he talked about um, the answer was behavioral therapy. Accompanied by a course of, um, no, uh, no optics? What's that? I'm gonna just Google what this word. Oh. Um, basically cognitive enhanced, oh. Is, is a drug characterized? Oh. Basically, he took, he took medicine. And, um, that basically helped his brain out and helped him fight depression. So our boy Shaq's here, you know. You see him, he's a big, strong, manly man. He has depression. He has stuff going on. Like, Mm -hmm. that just. Like, you don't really see, especially in like media, you don't really see it talk about like men dealing with mental illness. Like, that's not really something that's talked about. Especially like very
0: masculine men.
2: Especially like like, Shax
1: is probably the most masculine man. He is like so macho with like. He's like. You see how, you've seen how like big he is compared to like the player guardian. He's like a head mm-hmm. taller than us. He's this big macho man, and he's like, "Yo, I got depression, but don't worry, it gets better." Like he talks about, like by the end of the sessions, I was battering straight through the walls of the clinic in my excitement to show the world who I was. I visited city hospitals and helped children learn how to squeeze the illness straight out of their own shadows. It's just like,
0: hmm. It's so sweet.
1: As someone who like struggles with like depression and that kind of stuff, like it really it just really makes me happy to see like that kind of characterization, I guess. Like we now know why Shax is now like super duper happy. Well I don't say happy, but ex like
0: Yeah. Exuberant excited.
1: Exuberant and um loud. I guess mm-hmm. it's because you know before he was dealing with depression and now he got better. And if he can get better, then you can get better too.
0: Yeah. There's nothing wrong it's with just, getting help.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's no there's no shame in asking for help. That's that's basically the most important thing.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I I really I yeah, that was good good on you um you know just kind of having it as one of those and what I love it's not even like the focus of the conversation
1: yeah that's like that's like the first like three paragraphs is him yeah. explaining oh yeah uh I don't know if you know what I went to therapy and that's why I've 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 been a little bit more excited and I'm like that's great mm-hmm. the most of this focus is about him explaining what happened um He's like, have I ever told you about how I spent some time with Marasov? And he said this was before the Taken King and before he went to therapy. And, um, basically, uh, basically, um, so this was before Taken King, before Shax kind of, like, dealt with his depression. And, uh, Basically, Shaq's kind of, they had a, um, where they basically kind of talked about, like, their free, like, what they wanted. Not in, like, a inappropriate way, but, like, freedom. Like, he wanted to be, uh, Mara knew she was gonna die. She knew, like, that's the only way this plan would work, is if she died. And she was kind of like, damn, I'm gonna die. And Shax is like, hey, I'm stuck officiating Crucible matches. This is terrible. I'm depressed. So, the one thing Mara and Shax have in common is they were both, well, in Mara's case, she was a little bit more than friends, but Shax knew Shiraida. And that's the whole reason why Mara summoned him. Because in the Mara Senna lore book, Shuraido basically worshipped the ground Mara walked on. In one point, she literally refers to Mara as a god. And Mara's like, no, 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 please don't. She's like, don't, don't say that. Please don't. She wanted Mara, Mara wanted Shiraido and herself to be seen as equals. So they kind of drifted apart. And Mara kind of kept her distance so that Shiraito could grow to be her own person and not be, like, in Mara's shadow. Which is ironic, I think. But, um... Basically, uh... Um... They just kind of swapped stories about Shiraito this whole time. And the reason why, um... uh, He said he recited the tempest by heart is because the tempest is a play that talks about the longing for freedom and so he basically he tells mara this play because you know he knows the tempest by heart it's it's a good play and then afterwards mara is like hey tell me about shurido like how you know her and stuff and he's all like oh shurido That's also the... He literally gave her a nickname of The Tempest. So, like, it all fits. It all comes together. It makes sense. But I think what's really funny is... um, So Mara tells him about, you know, their time in the Distributary where Mm -hmm. uh, Shuraido had this whole quest to assassinate Mara in revenge for the daism. And everything else, but what was really funny is Shax is like, hold on a second, that's not the Shurido I know. On the Shurido yeah, I Bluff. knew, the Dragon Slayer, this is, quote, the Shurido I knew, Dragon Slayer, whose arrows pierced illusion, who would never hesitate to kill, no matter how beautiful her target. It's just like, he's, he's like, there's some inconsistencies <laughs> in this allure. Which I feel like is oh, yeah. is a very much tongue in cheek way of like the writers calling themselves out. They're like, We're sorry, there's some inconsistencies here. We're sorry. Ooh. But You know, I
0: didn't even think of it from that way. I thought he was kind of calling out the you know, the the Maraid and the Marocena for I mean,
1: Yeah, I think you know that's, mean? that's definitely tr- I was just thinking it like Kind of outside of, like, meta, outside of the whole universe. But I just think it's funny that he's all just like, hey, there's some inconsistencies here. And Mara's like, oh, (laughs) I see. You've noticed. And she's like, okay, I'll tell you the truth if you take your helmet off. And he's like, no, I'm not taking my helmet off. Screw you.
0: He knows the truth. He knows.
1: He knows. He doesn't need to have her tell him. So, like...
0: Um, one thing I really liked about this, too, is I, I was doing some research into it, and as far as I can tell, uh, Bungie, in this passage, created a new, like, concept of love.
1: Yeah, they did.
0: Or at least applied, like, a concept differently to love in, uh, in Pothos. Yeah. Which is really, and it's so perfect for Shaxx, too. It's, like, this fiery, like, zeal. Yeah. For, for something like freedom, yeah.
1: And then... And it's...
0: No, oh, you go sorry. first, you go first. I, I, was, oh, I was just going to close out with it's really fitting and kind of amazing to what we were talking about earlier, his ability to, for insight and um, empathy. Yeah. Is he able to pick that out of Mara?
1: That's that's sounds- From
0: like some stories and that interaction. Yeah. He was able to see past the veil and he was able to figure out something that goes all the way back to who Mara was during the collapse. Yeah, definitely. Or at least who, like, she tells you about.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, dude is very astute.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I'm. Uh, I just really liked this this message because you know we get a lot more insight into Shaxx. We get a lot, we get some insight into what actually happened, because some people were like, oh, it was a one-night stand, and other people were like, no, they just chit-chatted. And it's nice to actually have it be put to rest, which makes me happy. And I'm glad that I was right. Yeah. Not not to be, like, boastful, but I'm really glad I was right, because, like... And I guess that still means that Mara is now not... See, Mara isn't bi. She's a lesbian. Ha ha. Not that that's good or anything, but it's always nice to see more representation. There isn't a lot of bi representation, though, which does actually make me a little sad. Now that I, I think.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any in Destiny.
1: Mm, there might...
0: Not confirmed.
1: Not come, like in, in, confirmed, but I know... I think Ikora might be... Bye. i'm not a hundred don't quote me on that i might have to go f-
0: yeah i want to say That's well it. yeah they're...
2: i'm not you sure know, it doesn't just, really technically it's matter. kind of hard
0: to tell with someone who had their like <laughs> emotions like magically changed by a wish dragon
1: yeah that is true <laughs> it's kind of hard to tell. and then what's great is uh Ikora, um... Resp- and then at the end, Shaxx is like, is this like, hey, you never... You know what? I never got a reason as to why you left the Crucible. Why? Why'd you leave the Crucible? And she kind of explains him. Explains why. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I couldn't be a Vanguard... Leader of the Vanguard and a Crucible champion. I had to pick. And also, um... It's very funny. At the end, she kind of says, um, I could not afford to lose and be revealed as limited. But more importantly, I could not afford to win. What would they say if they knew what I could really do? The dangers I could be. It's like, oh, yeah. Ikora's kind of, I wouldn't say broke, but she's kind of overpowered. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit. But then what's really interesting I know I keep saying that, but this part is actually super interesting.
0: <laughs> Not that the others weren't.
1: <laughs> Not the weren't, but this is actually uh, really interesting. This next part is a message from Fenchurch. I know.
0: Ooh, yeah. The Fen- and chi- Neville.
1: And Neville. Don't forget Neville. But... <laughs> Basically, this is a continuation of a particular lore entry called... It's in... Hold on, let me find the lore book. came out in Sh... No, not Shadowkeep. When did it come out? Ah! It came out in Season of the Drifter. It is called... It's from the Stolen Intelligence lore book. And it's called Fragment? Yes. It is Fragment. Basically. Um... Um, basically fell, um, Fenchurch basically found this shard inside a thrall's chest and it was like this weird black fragment. He didn't know what it was because remember. This is before the pyramids mm-hmm. showed up. They don't... We don't really know. Um. And, uh, he tried to, like, transmat the the, the fragment, like, to his ship, but his ghost was like, I can't transmat it. Um. Mm. So he basically used the barrel of his sniper rifle to, like, poke it. And he took, um... He had his ghost do some deep scans of it. Uh and uh he did a dumb instead of like you know calling a fire team or something he's like all right i'm gonna touch it do we know what class uh fell uh fenchurch is he sounds like a hunter to me
0: yeah i was gonna say his his uh, propensity for like exploring and other stuff definitely seems on so, the hunter spectrum
1: so uh fenchurch in his infinite wisdom or not wisdom decided to pick up the shard with his bare hand well I guess, you know, you're wearing gloves, he picked it up with his hands and, uh, he experienced a whole vivid hallucination. He stood over Mara's shoulder and, uh, and Eris basic as Mara was basically, uh, helping Eris, basically patching Eris up after she got injured and, uh, and Eris said something in Russian, which I'm going to look at what it means. Apparently in Russian, it means pathetic. I'm not, I am not a hundred percent sure I do not speak Russian.
2: <laughs>
1: I'd have to ask a Russian speaking person, but uh, <laughs> she basically says something. Maybe, maybe we'll have that for the notes. Something in Russian to Fenchurch. And then basically the hallucination was over. And it was seven seconds. Everyone has been like, "What the heck is this? What is this? Is this a vision? Is this something?" Mm. No one really knew what this, what this hallucination was. Like, is it like something from the dark future? We didn't know. Well, guess what? Now we do. Um, Yep. And basically, uh, um, he kind of talks to Eris and. Gets her side of things. Because she was there in the vision. And she kind of explains. What actually happened. And it's rather. Interesting. Basically. This was before. But this does kind of bring up kind of a plot hole. Kind of. Because in this lore entry. This takes place between. Forsaken. And. Shadowkeep. So, and we know because of when the Fragment lore came out, it's actually between Forsaken and Season of the Drifter. That's when it really, that timeline is. That's about, I would say, six months. We have a six month gap as to when this happened. Basically. Basically.
0: But yeah, the, that sounds right.
1: The plot hole is that with this little and ent- this event, call it what you will, Eris and Mara work together to, with some help from Rasputin and the Nine, to destroy a pyramid. Now the problem is, it's, li- it's kind of a plot hole, or I guess inconsistency, uh, plot inconsistency. Because in Shadowkeep, Eris acts as though the lunar pyramid, that's the first time she'd ever seen a pyramid before. Mm. So it's kind of a little bit of a plot inconsistency. I'm going to just chalk it up to the writers. But I'm not like, I don't really, I can't really think of a way to like, make this make sense. Like, how would she, she wouldn't forget doing this.
0: Yeah, it needs, as it is, as it is, it, it, uh, can You would need, you would need more sort of connective writing to sort of say if maybe she means something that's not.
1: She might have like, meant, if, like, this, yeah. this pyramid like is, I'm like. I'm
0: actually seeing it,
1: like. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Really. Um. Uh, Oh, they, it was also the Exo Stranger was helping. It was the Exo Stranger, the Nine, and Rasputin all working together, and they destroyed a mm-hmm. pyramid ship.
0: That sounds cool.
1: But... Um, I want
0: to watch that vision.
1: I know, like, why isn't, like... I'm, I know this isn't THE vision that Shiraido had of Mara cracking a pyramid open with her bare hands. Like, that needs to be a cutscene or I'm going to be really mad.
0: I was going to say, like, it's a nice one, though.
1: It needs to be a cutscene. Mm-hmm. Like, um... What's interesting is, uh... Um... During this whole plan, Mara did not tell her Corsairs, that she didn't even tell the Techians about this plan. She didn't tell anybody. I mean, she told Eris and Exo Stranger and Rasputin and the Nine, but she did. She refused to involve her own people. And I just think that's a very interesting characterization because I guess, according to Fenchurch, Fenchurch was like, uh... Um... Uh basically said that maybe Mara felt that it was time for the burden of sacrifice to fall on herself rather than her own citizens. Hmm. Which, maybe that was the case. Maybe Mara only thought that she could do it. We do not know. Uh, well,
0: you know, that's, that's interesting, too, because it, it kind of makes me wonder if uh, with, with current, this is also, like, public knowledge stuff, but with, uh, with current, like, uh, sort of teasers that Bungie has released, at the time of this recording? Mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of see the... We see the right people in the same room to where maybe that's how the ship gets cracked open in Savathun's throne world.
1: It's possible, but we're not sure. But what's really interesting is... We now know exactly what Mara got out of the dreadnought. She does have part of, sort of... Oryx's power. Not necessarily the ability to take, but, like, his metaphysical... She shout, She got something out of it. Because, basically, mm-hmm. this is part of it. Um, also, they went to the dwarf planet of Eris with Eris, which made me laugh. <laughs> um, yeah, because, basically, this is the... Eris is explaining to Fenchurch what happened. Um, the journey to the dwarf planet Eris was difficult for I'm just going to say the planetoid instead of Eris because that's going to get confusing because there's also a character named (laughs) Eris. The journey to um, planetoid was very difficult for Eris. Mara had charged herself with some metaphysical quality salvaged from Oryx, which made it extremely difficult for Eris to tolerate her presence. Mara was... um, Hold on. I am... Blanking on how to pronounce words. How do you pronounce words? Oh, um, Mara was reticent and snappish, probably most likely lingering trauma from her death in the similar battle at Saturn. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, and then Eris continues to talk about it. But what's interesting is basically they have this. They're on their ship. I think it was the Exo Stranger's ship, and um, uh, Mara went basically EVA, which is extravehicular activity, so she went out of the ship at one point, and um, she basically left the ship, went inside the pyramid, and died.
0: You know, in a way, it's kind of the second time she's done that.
1: Yeah, kind of. And then she ended up back at, in her throne world. Now, remember, Shattered Throne is still a canonical thing that happens every three weeks. So she got, she basically spawned in her throne world and Caro was there, and she's like, hello, I'm going to kill you, finally. And Mara's like, oh no, <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> but what Eris did is Eris ended up uh, doing a hive ritual to basically pull er- uh, Mara out of her throne world. Oh, wow. Which is kind of crazy. And then, on top of that, uh, they then decided to uh, go to the the moon. Not the moon moon, but like the planetoid to see like the damage. And then at some point, Eris got wounded and that's the vision that Fenchurch saw.
0: Ooh. This is letting some credence to the... uh Maybe that's how we cracked the ship. Maybe Sabathun doesn't do it.
1: It might be. It might have been Mara. That's something I didn't really think about. Yeah. But then we didn't have this thing. Um,
0: Mara and her league of uh, extraordinary uh, Earthers.
1: But what is funny is um, <laughs> uh, um, while they were wounded, Eris was like, "We might not make it out of this alive." So, she did, uh, she basically imprinted what they did on this little fragment, and, uh, basically used hive magic and teleported it on the, uh, on the moon, and, uh, basically with whatever... Hive magic she did, she basically compelled the hive thrall to basically find the nearest guardian and hand it to them. And then they die. And then the thrall would die. And that's basically what happened. It's just, it's kind of funny how all of like, we got this random piece of lore in the stolen intelligence lore book and nobody really knew what to make of it. And that was back in Forsaken era. Yeah. And now it's Right before, basically, Witch Queen. And now we're finally getting the answers for it. I just think that's really great. Um, They're tying
0: up those loose ends. They
1: really are. But what's... interesting is... uh, um, that Fenchurch, at the end of this, is like, you know, I have more questions now than... Than answers because, uh, basically there's now a debris field on the surface of the planetoid Eris. And he's all like, Is this related to everything that happened? Um, did Mara actually destroy the pyramid ship? Um, if she did destroy it, why hasn't she, you know, exactly shared that information with us? Um, Um, one of the things Fenchurch says, quote, Faced with the skepticism and distrust of so many, uh, Guardians, a distrust that has persisted despite the Exostrangers' Strangers reports that in multiple possible futures, Mara died along, fighting alongside our forces in the final reckoning. Surely that, basically, Mara knows that Guardians don't exactly like her. So, she should have shared the information with us to, you know, gain some trust, maybe.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: if she did destroy the pyramid ship, was it a one-off event that she will be unable to reproduce? Perhaps she had to physically connect with the pyramid to destroy it, or the pyramids and the pyramids have now rendered this impossible. Well basically he goes through like all oh, he's like, okay why didn't she share this with us like that's kind of sus i guess
0: yep fenchurch is a is a man after my own heart yes absolutely you yeah, know I, I i really i really enjoyed enjoyed it too because it it what well, kind of fleshes out fenchurch a little more and Neville. but yeah <laughs> i love that. Um. It it's definitely. It's definitely interesting, and it adds it adds a level of depth to Mara and Eris' relationship.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's nice seeing them interact again, and I hope with I mean with with blah, 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 blah. with what we have seen from the teasers and everything. Um that we know Mar- or Mara and Eris are going to have a role in the Witch Queen so I hope that Eris at least gives us some some context or maybe explain what she was doing during Season of the Lost because I know out-of-universe, like, real-life reasoning is because they- the writing team felt like they had enough- too many- they didn't want to include Eris because that's too many people because they already had Ikora, Zavala, Icora, Zavala, Petra, Crow, Mara, Savathun, Saint. That's already like seven people. They didn't want to like have there be too it's many characters. Getting into
0: Lord of the Rings amount of characters in pretty one
1: much scene. yeah. It's just like it's getting. <laughs> yes.
0: But yeah, I um. I get it, too, and, I, and I'm, I'm glad they didn't just exclude her. They gave it a story reason, and they don't ignore how important she is to the story. Like, Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. especially Very to, cool. like, Savathun. Like, she has a vendetta against Savathun because she kind of realized all of her problems is Savathun's fault. Mm-hmm. Savathun pushed Crota to open the portal, which led the Vex into Oryx's world, which led Crota to be kicked out which then led Crota to eventually end up on our moon, which then led to the Great Disaster, which then led to Wei Ning dying, which then led to Ariana 3 and Eris making a fire team to go kill Crota, which then led to all of them dying, which then led to Eris losing her light and her ghost, crawling out of the Hellmouth, having to use an Amkara bone to, like, see the way out, quote, and then we end up killing Crota and Oryx, and like it all, it's all because of Savathun that all of this bad stuff has happened to her. So now she is annoyed, and wants to kill Savathun, which I totally get that. I would too if I was her.
0: It's only fair.
1: Like I get that. That's fair. Very valid. But yeah, and then that's <laughs> that, and then last we have. I'm not saying last, but, um, uh, Ikora responds to that and, uh, um, basically explaining Mara has to, like, lie and deceive because... That's just who she is. It's hard for her to trust people because, like, now that she's talked to the exo stranger, and the exo stranger has like future knowledge—not necessarily from this timeline, yeah. but other timelines where it plays out—and Eris betraying her, Mara's like, wow, shit. Maybe that's why Mara didn't tell her about what's going on this season because she was afraid uh, Eris might go crazy." I could see. Th- I could yeah. see that. I could see that. I could definitely see that. Honestly,
0: yeah, and honestly like it she seems she seems more than than just like a uh, someone who was like a thrall consumed by the um the darkness at least in the dark future. Personally, I wonder if maybe she was being possessed, maybe she became a vessel for something or someone. Maybe.
1: Yeah. It's possible.
0: Yeah. Or, there's so many, I have so many wonders, wonders about uh, how they got to that point, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because basically, uh, uh, um, Mara's whole thing is because of her advocating for the bomb logic instead of the sword logic. If your enemy knows how the bomb works, they can disarm the bomb. That's why she has Mm -hmm. to be so complex and distrustful of everyone because like if people know how the bomb works they can disarm it and that's bad
0: yeah and it's absolutely right too your best your best uh, defense is secrecy definitely it's your best armor oh man such a wild as you guys can tell this is just a wild wild book it's so good mm mm-hmm. Okay. And then the next
1: is a reply oh, from Ikora to her friend uh, uh Chalko, who is a member of the hidden and I think the owner of Dragon's Shadow, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Um yeah, and uh I think there's some other like Chalco's finery. There's some other there's some other hunter stuff. Um also, if you get the collector's edition, the owner of the, uh, the hidden sort of access card
1: is Chalco. That's cool. It that comes cool. with
0: it. Yeah. Uh, one of the things on there is there's a, uh, there's a code that is, uh, redeemable. They've already been released. And then it says, uh, Chalco Young, agent designation. Cha dash, uh, 319. Yep. Yeah. And then it gives you the code for the emblem. So yeah, this is, this is Chalco's, uh, Chalco's card.
1: That's cool. And then, um, it's really interesting. Like basically this, this last thing, because Chalco and Ikora are, they're actual friends. They're not just coworkers. And Ikora is, like, you see, like, a lot of Ikora's doubt in this. She's worried, like, how do we handle stasis? Do we just ban it outright? Do we do what we did with the Ahamkara and just, if you're using stasis, you're evil? Adios. Like, what do we do? Or we're literally, she says, um, quote, um, uh, we are this close to losing them all, every guardian returning to the dark ages of warlords, and factions. All that saves us is what little authority of the vanguard still remains. Is Stasis the hill we die on? Like, damn. Yeah, it's
0: it's a pretty, it's a pretty, um, the letter, the letter gives you a lot of insight as to, like, what is going on inside Ikora's sort of, like, stoic head. Emotionless but presence that you see in the tower.
1: It is kind of funny that, like, later on she talks about, like, she feels like this is all her fault. Not necessarily her fault, the Vanguard's fault. Because um, the whole system they built, um, uh, quote, a system, uh, the popularity of stasis is a direct result of a structure of power. A system we built here in the vanguard to a sense, a sense of a sense. I know the word, I just can't English right now. (laughs) To incentivize our guardians to respect and obey, rewarding for joining strike missions, bounties and milestones to qualify hard work, elite equipment for loyal performers, everything psychologically calibrated to engage the guardians who might otherwise lap into uh, useless um, fugue and vanish from the rosters of the active. We built this system, we benefited from this system, so we did not change it. Nowhere in that system is there any place for moral judgement. Nowhere is there any ethical instruction, no request for them to evaluate their ultimate purposes. Guardians do what makes them the most effective, because we taught them to do so. This is our fault. We made guardians into soldiers, not warriors for good. We led them straight into the enemy's fold. All it had to do was offer a new and intriguing way to get that glimmer, that loot, that bounty, that victory. And it had them. Mm-hmm. Like, damn.
0: Yeah. It, it really, it, it's in this weird way, it, it's talking about, like, incentivizing. Yeah, I thought it working was... Working with the, uh, the working vanguardia. with the last city.
1: I think it's funny, so, like, bounties and that kind of stuff are canon, too, which makes me laugh.
0: Yeah. Cause, like... Like, l- rewards, <laughs> loot.
1: Definitely. But what I think is really interesting is, um... You know how in the Red War there was the meditations? So you could go and replay story missions?
0: Yeah, I missed that.
1: Um, she... M- uh, Ikora literally mentions that, and it's funny. Um, and why would we teach our guardians to question the, the, right, the righteousness of their actions? Guardians don't like doubt. I urge them to meditate on their past, and I thought it, that'd be enough. But even the meditations were just challenges to do it again, but better. I just thought that was mm-hmm. funny. I thought that was a very tongue-in-cheek way of Bungie to remembering about, oh, yeah, we used to do meditations. Cora uh, used to do that, but then she stopped. <laughs> and now and they we, talk about why she stopped. And I now they it. have why she stopped. Too. She's like, there's no... They're not learning from anything. They're just like, oh, let's do this, but faster. Do this, but better.
0: Yeah, it's... It's funny, I, I once again I I love these little uh, in game out of game tidbits.
1: Yeah, they're they're great, and then
0: and I like um, at the beginning of, of this passage before we get too far away from it, she actually she she kind of I, I think gives ghosts a great sort of nod of respect. Uh, she she talks about uh, ghost sight and yeah. like how they. And it sort of uh, comments on the relationship between the guardian and the ghost. Definitely, and it's 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 easily in Ikora's own way. Like it's one of it's it's some. It might be like one of the sweetest things she ever says about like ghosts or like someone who's not part of the conversation. Yeah, if that makes sense. But yeah, so. That's also also a good one. But uh from that, from the personal reply, we go into uh something
1: that kinda ties into uh this upcoming season. Season of the risen. Oh, I agree.
0: Oh yeah. A- Ooh. I w want- do do you think the uh the hive risen will have a uh, a similar relationship with their ghosts?
1: Ooh. I'm not sure. I feel like I feel like we could definitely better answer that question in Witch Queen. Like, once we've, like, seen how the Hive reacts with their we crushed one in our hands. No, I don't want to. <laughs> I can't. Oh. It's I mean, canon. You have to do it. <laughs> well, I'm not doing it. I'm going to have my fire team members do it. I'll just... What I do hope they do, I really hope that they also have it where we can use Izanagi's burden to just kill the ghosts outright. Because... Ada did that in the Dark Ages. She yep. honed-edged, saw the ghost, and went, Pah. It, was, it was more like a, more chunky, like a choo noise. But you know how the gun sounds. It'd replicate that noise. Bang. Gun. <laughs> gun noise go <laughs> burr. But yeah, I think that'd be a nice, I think that'd be cool. Like, if you used as a noggies, you could do that. But it's like, you don't have to use it. But basically... Um, yeah. I'm really excited for the legendary campaign. I recommend if anyone is doing, Mm -hmm. uh, the raid day one, I highly, I don't recommend, I, it's required that, I wouldn't say, (laughs) okay, I wouldn't say it's required, but like, if you don't do it and you're doing the day one raid, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage.
0: So if you're not doing it, be a lot cooler if you did.
1: If, I mean, like, they also did say, depending (laughs) on the number of fire team members you have, the more enemies there will be, which I think is a fantastic thing because it shouldn't be the same number of enemies regardless if you're one or two or three. It should scale based on the number of people you yeah. have. So then like it, I wouldn't say it like feels the same, but it's like the same density per guardian.
0: The same opportunities for everyone to, uh, yeah.
1: Because like with it just being one guardian and you're by yourself, it's, it's a, it can be a little rough. If it's, like, the same amount of enemies that, like... Like, if you're soloing a Grandmaster or something, like soloing a strike. Mm
2: -hmm. Strikes
1: are designed for three people. If you're doing it by yourself, you're going to have a kind... Not necessarily a rough time, depending on your skill level. But overall, it's going to be a little bit annoying. There's going to be a lot more enemies. Mm -hmm. Versus this Legendary campaign, which, by the way, you can replay any mission whenever the heck you want. It's a similar-esque. Instead of having it on the map covering the map, which, I, that's a separate issue, but instead it's a little, I don't know if you guys have watched the Vidoc, where they kind of talk about it, or the TWAP, where they also talk about it, but basically how it's going to work is, you know how when you hover over for, let's say, let's say you're, you're high enough, and you're with your buddies, and you want to do Grandmaster nightfalls. And you're, you're, you have the Conqueror Seal, and your buddy has the Conqueror Seal, but your other friend, he doesn't. So because he doesn't have the Conqueror Seal, that means he can choose from any of the Nightfalls. It's basically going to be like that, where it's going to be the list of missions, and you can just select them from this list, instead of the missions being spread out. I mean, obviously the first time you do it, it's going to be spread out, but then afterwards you can just select whichever one you want, and you can replay them. Whenever you want. So if there's like a really cool like spot for like a screen, like for example, the beginning of the presage mission is where a lot of guardians take screenshots or players mm-hmm. to show the drip, their their outfits, their fashion, because fashion game is the true end game in Destiny. I joke, but that's what a lot it's of people like. It's might... ever
0: since they took away the real Court of Oryx.
1: Exactly. So...
0: Ball is no longer
2: life.
1: No, it's fashion. (laughs) I'm sorry. But, so like something like that, like there might be a good, like a cool spot to take a screenshot. And, or if you just want to like relive the campaign, because as Bungie has said repeatedly, this is the definitive Destiny 2 campaign. They've said that like every Mm -hmm. single time they talk about it. So if they're hyping it up this much, I hope that it delivers. I'm very. I was a little apprehensive, I'll admit, when I first heard about the campaign, and we were fighting Hive with the light. I was like, "Wow, okay, sounds a little crazy. I can I can roll with this." But as as they've you know. Pipe train, choo choo, I've been a lot more excited about it. Mm-hmm. But yes. Anyways, sorry about that little detour there where I ranted about the Legendary Campaign and how it's going to be super great. It's
0: totally on brand for yes. It
1: is. The one thing I am sad, I I am not sad, but sad, is they said the rewards for the Legendary Campaign is an emblem and obviously the gear. The gear will help a lot. But I just want a hive ghost. I want my ghost to be a hive ghost. (laughs) Like, I will literally give money to Bungie. I will throw money at, not literally throw money at the screen. I don't want to damage my screen. But like, I, bet. I bet. I will give them my, my credit card. I just, I want a hive ghost to be my ghost because they obviously, they already have the model for it. it hello.
0: I bet it's going to be the season pass.
1: No, the season pass is probably going to be season cabal. pass ghost. No, the season pass is going to be Cabal themed.
0: Why is it going to be Cabal?
1: Because we're Working alongside Keitel in the season, to kill the to kill the hive, the Lucent Brood. Like we've already seen the but seasonal like, armor, it's Cabal themed. Hmm.
2: Hmm.
1: Oh no! Oh no! Mm, oh no! Taylor's grumpy now. Oh no! I don't, know.
0: I don't know.
1: More Cabal armor. I just don't know. But no, yeah, we've seen we've seen know. the armor at least from the season. It's. It's not like season of the chosen cabal. It's like looks like actual like legionary esque like cabal cabal armor. Not like season of the chosen cabal armor. It's like a different aesthetic. I mean, I got gotcha. you. My hope is that they did say you know we're getting a raid with witch queen the next season after. So not season sixteen, but season seventeen, we're getting a dungeon. And then the next. And actually, I just want I just want lucent brood armor. Like I will literally throw all of not all of my money. That that that's kind of ridiculous. I would give Bungie money if I could just be some of my money. I would give them some (laughs) of my money if I could just make my hunter look like a lucent brood hunter, like. If that was if going forward, eventually you could have like you know, a hive guardian. <laughs> bye bye, hunter. Adios.
0: Oh no! Yes. What your hunter? Oh oh man! I think
1: I would do that with. I my think hunter. you might
0: have to. I think you might have to give up your hunter's manual.
1: I would get, gi- but no, I'd be a your hive. Club passes I'd be revoked. a hive one. I'd be, a <laughs> aco- I'd be the acolyte hunter. I'd still be a hunter in spirit. But I'd be a hive one instead. I-
0: I don't know, man. It seems it seems like a lot of hunters won't even let you sit at the campfire if you won't use stasis.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, can hive guardians use stasis? <laughs> hmm.
0: Oh, no. I just meant like being a hive one. Like, no, no. They wouldn't straight like, to jail.
1: Straight to jail. Okay. <laughs> straight, I'm going to jail. <laughs> to jail. Bye-bye. Taking my hive ghost with me. <laughs> But no, <laughs> like that's what I'm like really excited about for Witch Queen is like further down the line, not right now because you know I could see maybe by lightfall we maybe be allying with. Okay, I wouldn't say allying with Savathun, but like a tenuous partnership of some sorts because while I don't, I th- you don't th- think so. Mm.
0: I think, I think whatever we get from her, we take.
1: Interesting. Hold on. Uh, but yeah, I don't... I'm not sure at this point. We will have to wait and see. I mean, like, I the see. thing is, is, both us and Savathun want the same thing. We both want to defeat the darkness. So I could see us yep, allying yeah. for that reason, and then afterwards we go to being not friends. But in that tiny moment when we're friends, we could see Hive Guardians in the tower, and it would be awesome. And we could do emotes well, with them, and I would give them high fives, yep. and it would be beautiful. <laughs> I mean, my hunter exactly. already looks like a freaking Hive Guardian, kind of, with all the thorn armor and the Omnioculus. And my little ghost that has the hive runes, and I'm great. I am an <laughs> edgelord on my hunter. When we get that poison subclass, and I'm, I'm not betting. I'm not normally a betting person, but I'll bet money on that. I'll bet five whole dollars. I'm basically in the camp where I think we're gonna get a poison subclass in uh, Lightfall. How you may ask? I mean. Savathun still knows how to use hive magic, as we've seen her we use hives for hive runes and that sort of thing. So, my thought process is, you know, Lightfall, the city collapses, yada, yada, yada. Savathun's like, yo, I can help you out. Here, have some hive magic, alakablam. I don't see the dark, I mean, unless the darkness gives it to us. Or maybe, maybe, because, you know, we have Witch Queen, We get Void 3.0. Next season we get Arker, Solar. And then the season after that, we get the next one. There's still one more season. There's still one more season after that where we don't get anything. So maybe we get the Poison subclass then. Who knows? I'm just trying to figure out when we're getting the Poison subclass. Either Lightfall or the season before Lightfall.
0: I can dig it. I can dig it.
1: I just want my Ugh. poison subclass, because then I'll run that on my hunter mm-hmm. and literally nothing else. Soul fire. Soul fire. If I can just spread Ugh. poison to enemies and just be a crowd control maniac, mm-hmm. count me in. Count me in. I I think it should be a roaming super, though, because hunters, hunters only have two. I'm counting arc staff as one whole super because it's not different between the two. It's just Arc Staff version A, Arc Staff version B, and ArkStaff Staff version C. They're all going to be combined into one super. But yeah, we'll just have to see, I guess. I'm just... I just want...
0: Yeah, six shooters get in there, but it's not quite.
1: It's sort of... Like, Golden Gun is kind of roaming. So I guess you could say Golden Gun is roaming. Spectral Blades is roaming. I just don't want a one-and-done for poison. I want to, like, run a... Like I like roaming supers, but mm-hmm. Titans have too many roaming supers. They need more one-and-done supers. There needs to be, like, a balance between roaming supers and one-and-done supers. I think it needs to be a balance between them. Because Titans, yeah, they only have... The only one-and-done super they have is Bubble. Everything else is a roaming super, and that's really boring. I hate it. That's why I don't use Stasis on my Titan out of principle, because I hate Roam... Not that I... Okay, I know I just said I like Roaming Supers on my Hunter, but that's because I have choices. I can choose if I want to do a Roaming Super. With Titan, it's Roaming Super Arc Edition, Roaming Super Solar Edition, Roaming Super Ice Edition, Roaming Super Grape Edition. It's an... <laughs> it's like just different flavors of the same thing. At least hunters have some variety. I want
0: a grape super. I want a roaming grape.
1: Well, guess what? Be a titan. There you go.
0: No. You'll
1: just do spectral. I don't lights. think I will. Okay. <laughs> I,
2: don't, I don't think I will be a titan.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Uh, titan. No, it's
0: fun. It's fun when I do it. Uh, thunder crashing and uh,
1: and all that. Yeah, we'll just. Uh, I'm just curious to see how the other subclasses are going to change with. Ark and Solar 3.0. But anyways, back to Cabal. So, yeah. Paitel sends us a message to Ikora, basically asking in layman's turn. Oh, she says it very flowery language, but I'm going to explain it in not flowery language. Basically, um... Uh... Um... Kaitel is basically asking the Vanguard if they have any information about Callus, because we did our investigations aboard the Glycon. She did her investigations. She's basically saying, "Let's let's let's share. Let's compare notes. Let's see if like you got something that I didn't, or vice versa, to help help everybody out." And she says at the end, uh, "Be thou informed." Be thou further informed that any collaboration with the disposed callous, either, either covert or overt, shall be grounds for the greatest displeasure of the Empress. So basically, if you're secretly or not so secretly working with callous, Kaito's going to be mad with you. So, any uh, shadows out there, shadows of callous, uh, you might want to start running. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. there's uh, basically messages from Ikora to Zavala about. What I what Kaito said. And it's very funny, because Ikora jokingly says to Zavala that um uh um have you considered uh, a state marriage to Kaito to so- solidify our alliance? And Zavala's like, Have you? Hmm? And I just thought, <laughs> I just think that is just so such like good banter, and I think that's really funny. And then Ikora basically has our message back that um basically saying hey there are like shadows of callus they do so they act of their own accord they are not affiliated with the vanguard um and then basically if we do become aware of callus um we will not share this information freely we want like some sort of trade Like, okay, we'll talk, tell you about callus, you give us, like, the light suppression tech. Something like that. I just think it's cool that they're, like, especially with the new season, Season of the Risen, it definitely looks like we're shifting instead of it being, like, just, like, a a truce, that we're full-on allies now, which is really exciting.
0: Yeah, I, uh... I I I really like that we're really formalizing and and really solidifying the alliance and putting it to use because up until now it's just been like, uh, hmm, it's been all for show.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, at least at least from the Guardians' perspective, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited that push is coming to shove and people are coming up to bat and we're going to be going. Ooh, dude, what if we go into a fight during the campaign and the drop pods hit our enemies?
1: That would be so funny. Oh, my God. I would love it.
0: See how you like it.
1: Yeah.
0: And then you got, like, a buddy coming out with (laughs) with a (laughs) minigun.
1: Like, Like I (laughs) I could see that happening with uh, battle, not battlegrounds, or I'm assuming the new activity we get is more battlegrounds, but we're fighting the Lucent Brood instead of Keitel's Oh, interesting. I could see that happening. I think that'd be cool because they said they're adding in Battlegrounds to the Vanguard Ops, previously known as Vanguard Strikes, playlist. And that Mm -hmm. could be a way for them to add new strikes with air quotes without actually adding new strikes. Oh, I like it. So I could see it being like Battlegrounds. And it's like, oh, you're fighting the Lucent Brood now instead instead of the Hive. Or... The Lucent Brood instead of the Cabal. Then the last, but certainly not least, thing in this lore book mm-hmm. is the statistical analysis of Ikora. Or basically, Chalco basically... By Chalco. Uh, basically yeah. looks at the power level of Ikora. Spoiler alert, it's over 9,000. And uh, <laughs> is like, how... It's- Basically, what to do if, like, Ikora... The scouter her-
0: just completely exploded. It was- Pretty
1: much. What to do if Ikora ever gets, like, compromised, basically. Whether she, like, goes evil or is manipulated by Savathun. How would we... Uh- and basically, it goes through, and this is my favorite part. One of my favorite parts about this lore book is... Um, um, Ikora ranks in the upper fraction of the 99th percentile of assessed warlocks on most available metrics of precision, restraint, and raw power. She is, in simplistic terms, a 5th Sigma Guardian, 1 in 35, 3.5 million. Given that millions of Guardians have been activated over the century since the Collapse, and assuming that performance of Guardians on these metrics is normally distributed, we would favor about 10 Guardians of similar power to Ikora have existed. and basically the reason why she's so good the
2: is
1: because of her field experience and and her percrucible training basically that's why she's so good
0: I agree with that it's a uh, the competitive nature that she had leading up to her wish from uh Mad-heer. yeah It's what propelled her and made her able to make that choice because it's that sort of competitive, like, I need to get the edge.
1: Yeah. What's really interesting, though, is um, when they're talking about countermeasures, uh, uh, we are aware that combat between guardians is not a sum-zero contest of power. Context and tactics are decisive. Crucible champions dropped into the wilderness can be brought low by mere fallen skirmishers seasoned rangers may die from the first crucible aspirant to skid knees first into them with a shotgun. So basically there are people who are good at <laughs> PvP who you, you drop them in, an, in like a grandmaster and they're flailing like chickens and you can also take seasoned PvEers you know, the raiders, the dungeon people and drop them into a PvP match and they'll also flail like chickens but Ikora is good at both that's the thing yeah. Because basically she's very good at uh processing information and acquiring like understanding everything. She's very good at that. So It's pretty great.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. I can't
1: I'm just glad that Ikora is getting lots more characterization. That's what I'm excited about. Yes.
0: She deserves it. She has been such an integral part to the story, even even back in D one, even before she got so much depth of characterization that she's getting with this dossier.
1: For sure, Because sure. you
0: go back to like Owl Sector oh, and, yeah, the and Owl all the little, like, stuff, yeah, like secret stuff she did in the in the ARPs and and yeah, man, her ARGs, yeah, ARP. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah I, I just think I, I think this is such a great characterization of her and the fact that it's done by someone who seems to be like one of her oldest or closest friends yeah. someone who, who really seems to know Ikora really makes it all the more meaningful because what I really loved how like, she starts out in the book Kind of lamenting that the wish that she made uh, changed her and changed her relationship with her ghost, mm-hmm. but then she and the ghost are still like later in the book finding moments to poke fun and like you know be be human with each other.
1: Yeah, definitely. And
0: yeah, and so I I really I really it gives me whole new appreciation for uh, Chalco, but uh, it gives me a an even greater appreciation for Ikora. Mm. Yeah, this is. It's such a great, such a great dossier, such a great dossier. And I love I love the way it's presented that you find out all these things in the margins and and, and throughout these uh, selected uh, communications about Ikora. But it's really the subject matter of each thing is not about her.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This. uh, Yeah. I love it. Absolutely love it. That's. So, yeah. So I said, like I said, last episode, I guess, guys. Up there with Kate's journal.
1: Definitely, um, I really liked it. I thought it was really good.
0: Uh, you know, this is the is like second part. Two is, part two is long. <laughs> That's okay.
1: We can always split sure it in people. half.
0: Um, I think it's one of those things where we're around like one and a half. Okay. So I might just, I might just keep it there, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. In, in in a good way. This has been this has been awesome. Uh I really enjoyed running through this with you uh, Lucy, but uh you got any final thoughts um on the dossier? Um Uh
1: I think it was I think it was really good. I liked that they like I said in the previous part they cleared up a lot of misconceptions about Haikora about shacks, about, about like everybody. And like, I always thought it was funny that they explicitly say, um, you know, millions of guardians have, uh, there are millions of guardians, but we haven't retaken the solar system because, quote, um, uh, these complaints come from the same people who ask why we haven't reconquered the whole system with our vast strength forgetting how many guardians are either in um basically exhausted um still working on mastering their first subclass which means a lot of them are new lights or already committed to the protection of populations and resources here on earth basically We have a lot of guardians, but a lot of them are like babies and don't know how to do anything. So we may Mm -hmm. have millions, but like a good majority of them are are babies and can't even barely summon a golden gun.
0: They're just learning about their little subclasses and Mm -hmm. conceptualizing how to use their light and supers and figuring out grenades.
1: Exactly. (laughs) They don't even know what a super is. But, uh...
0: Learning which jump they like best. <laughs>
1: like, they babies, basically. They, they haven't figured yeah. anything out. But... Yeah. I think that... I think fixing a lot of, like, the misconceptions and explaining a lot of the things, I think that's probably my favorite part.
2: hmm
1: Or favorite thing about this lore book. What about you, Taylor?
0: Uh, you know, same. Same. I, I really like that it fleshed out a lot of questions... That the community had that had speculated over. I really like that it gave me; it, it gives new insight and appreciation to Ikora and some of the characters like around her that tangentially work with her. Like, yeah, like I, I feel like I, I, I've learned more about uh, Fenchurch and who he is. And I mean, for guys, like that's a character that started off as like offhand dialogue by Tess when you were in her menu.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Like that's come a long way like they're they're using every resource uh the the writers are to their to their uh to my delight <laughs> they're, yeah. they're really just making everything like a a living breathing world uh so yeah i I really like that I really like uh this is gonna set up i, I to me or Lucy, I highly recommend you guys go out and read this. And, uh, if we're allowed to, we'll link to the Google doc. Um, uh, or, or some, some sort of resource for it, but, uh, read yeah, it. Definitely. It's going to make the campaign
1: a lot more better.
0: meaningful, yeah. more accessible. Yeah. hundred percent. A lot better. So yeah. Uh, did, yeah. Hi- hi- highest marks. Go read it. Treat yourself.
1: Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll uh-huh. post, we'll have the link yeah. to the transcript. Or if you want to read it, like, picture wise, like, we have that too. We'll post both we'll versions. Have options. Yeah. will Some people, so, they right. just want to read it and search for things. Other people, they just want to they just want to, like, read it like how it's written. Which I get that.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: But yeah. Do you have any, uh, so, do you want to, like, start the closing?
0: I was gonna say, yeah, my, my cat will not He's broken into the room twice now. He's
1: broken just, into the room.
0: Yeah, he's a cat burglar.
1: He's a cat burglar. <laughs> but
0: um he wants attention and I You're
1: like, can't I can't do this anymore.
0: Yeah, I can't I can't say now. Um so uh yeah, let's move into closing uh, on this one here. And yeah, uh you know, um this was this was a great one. We uh great great going through the material with you uh Lucy and yeah I'm excited I'm excited for things to come and uh the next part in this series guys will be uh, some theories and thoughts uh gleaned really from the dossier so yeah if you get the opportunity and we'll, we'll be sure to link uh, definitely go definitely go check it out okay so Lucy you got any you got any like shout out final thoughts um just for like life in general
1: mm. Shout out, um, shout out to, uh, again, my raid team for being a bunch of pogger gamers. And making me excited Harvey. to, uh, um, to, uh, play the Witch Queen Raid. Because we don't really know anything. But I'm still excited.
2: hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hype.
0: Uh... I'm gonna give a shout out. It is february uh so all I'm going to say on my soapbox there is go go lift up some some black some african American uh creators, uplift their voices and yeah listen that's all like that's all I can say about that yeah, uh yeah, so that's uh That is my, that is my shout out uh, this, this week. And uh, yeah, everyone out there, uh, stay safe. Take care of yourself inside and out. Yep. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us again. Bye bye
1: Toodles. That's off, guardians. That's it for this week's discussion. Have any questions or comments about this episode? You can reach out to us on Twitter, at SpinFoilTheory, or write us an email, at SpinFoilTheory, at gmail.com. If you'd like to read our show notes, check out articles, listen to past episodes, and more, be sure to pay us a visit over at our website, SpinFoilTheory.com.
2: The Lore Network.